Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. I've got a bit of a curious message tonight. I hope you will be blessed by it. And every now and then you have to preach some messages like this because you want to keep people up to speed on what is actually in reality going on. <laughs> and when you, uh, when you try to pastor a church, you will meet and greet with all types of different people. You will be visited by all different types of people. And you want to get everybody a chance to be able to be a part of the body of Christ here, this local church, and you want to uh, do your best to you just want to do your best to preach the word and get everybody on the same page it's it's tough to do but there is a growing growing number of christians who are getting involved in fighting the government and they will come into the church and they will want you to preach the gospel of governmental conspiracy theories <laughs> and if you don't preach governmental conspiracy theories they will leave <laughs> if they don't cause trouble some of them will some of them won't this tends to go along with what i have found is that people that are now getting into this doctrine of christians are going through the tribulation and they're going to be raptured afterwards seem to go hand-in-hand hand with governmental conspiracy theories. And even flat earthers. You, you, you laugh. You say, that's the world. No, it's not. It's, I'm telling you, a friend of mine, he studied out all this flat earth stuff. And he said, Brother Jimmy, it's coming into, it's coming into fundamental Baptist churches. I said, Brother, come on. Don't you got anything better to do with your time than to study this out? It's coming in. I'm telling you, it's coming in. And he's right. And he's right. It's sneaking into churches. Now, believe but verify. <laughs> it's a Reagan quote that I probably botched. But anyway, I take the attitude and the philosophy and the mindset that everybody is welcome. Everybody is welcome to believe whatever they want to believe. Everybody is welcome to bring whatever Bible they want to bring. They come up with an NIV under their armpit. Praise God, they're here. <laughs> they don't need to agree with everything that the preacher preaches, and they don't need to agree with everything that the church as a body believes. But it would be unscriptural, it would be unbiblical for someone to come into a church that has a set of beliefs and cause ruckus with it. You don't break up a peaceable assembly. I'm not going down to the Church of Christ and breaking that assembly up, right? So I say all that to say that we need to have our eyes and ears open. Now, go to Psalm chapter 2. We had a family leave because government conspiracy theories wasn't on my agenda. They wanted it to be on my agenda. When I say, can you show me in the Bible where we're to go out into all the world and preach against American government? Well, go to Psalm 2 and go. To... So, okay, I went to Psalm 2 and we're going to read it together. 
Psalm chapter 2, verse number 1. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planteth by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also. I'm in, I'm in, I'm, I'm in, I'm in chapter 1. Let me... <laughs> That's a good chapter too. <laughs> pray, pray, <laughs> preach. Alright, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The President of the United States sets themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, except that's not what it says. It says the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. It doesn't matter the age. Any king, any ruler, any heathen, people are always going to rebel against the Lord. This isn't country specific. This is a principle that we see in the book of Psalms that can be applied to any person, any nation. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? They've been doing it all along. They have. Vain thing, you can't read into that. that that's Capitol Hill, see? That's a far stretch. And that's really resting the Scripture to your own destruction. And here, here's what it says uh, against verse number 2, the Lord against the Lord and against His anointing. And so let's say, see? There's the conspiracy. That vain thing's Capitol Hill, man. That vain thing's Washington, D.C., man. See? They're against the Lord. There's the conspiracy. Now, you can make that preach. <laughs> I mean, that'll rile up a crowd that likes... But that is really, really shoddy application of Scripture. It's really stretching it. It's stretching it. Can't we make a broad? Can't we make an application that says it doesn't? I'm not putting my hope in government. Of course, some of them are going to rage against the Lord. They've been doing it all along. So, so is okay. When the armies are gathered together in Revelation 19, they're going to make war against the Lord. It's not going to be headed up by the Illuminati that's riding in with uh, you know, Freemason 32nd degree rings. It's not what's going to happen. Psalm uh, verse number 4. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall He speak unto them in His wrath and vex them in His sore pleasure. Yet, have I set my King upon my holy hill of Zion. Christ sits in heaven at the right hand of the Father. He sits patiently. He sits silently. As people do what? As they blaspheme His name and they dishonor Him. But there's going to come a day when He shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. 
And you see that. He that sitteth in heaven shall laugh. This is the act of laughing at in contempt. Right now the Lord's sitting very patiently. And God loves people. He speaks to people through His Word and He has a message of love. The Bible says God is love. He's done this for a long, 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 long time. And He's continuing to do this. But there's going to come a day where He's going to speak unto them in His wrath. Psalm chapter 2, verse number 7, I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my Son, this day have I begotten me. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the other uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Verse number 10. Be wise now therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. This is the exhortation, this is the warning. Before judgment comes, take some time to be instructed. This isn't... It's, isn't it fair to say that we can make the application to all kings, all rulers, all presidents, all czars, all those that are in any type of leadership as well? We can make that broad application. But to try to hone that in and, and say, okay, this is one of our principal verses to be able to get people riled up and convince them that the American government is against the people. Now, I'm not here to say that they are or there aren't. There's parts of stuff going on that I don't understand, you don't understand, and we're all like, wait a minute, this ain't right. Right? We, we, we can agree to this. We can sit around at lunch and we can talk about what's going on, right? And Brother Nathan might have read something and then, well, I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's true, brother. And, and then Brother Kelly might have read something and, and share it. And Brother Nathan's like, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. And we can all sit around and share these ideas and agree or disagree. We're not making them doctrines of the church. <laughs> that's a big difference. Because when you get a guy that comes around the table and says, brother, if you're door knocking this Sunday, I want to go with you. Because we got to warn these people. Well, warn them about what? The Illuminati. Don't you care about people and, and what they're being trapped by? And Well, I do, but don't you want them to be saved? <laughs> you see, our fight isn't a political fight. That doesn't mean we're numb to politics. It just means our battle is a spiritual battle in nature. Um. After verse number 10, it says, Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and ye perish from the way when His wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in Him. The appeal always goes forth. No matter the time, this is always true. Be instructed, please. You a judge, you a king, serve the Lord. Please fear the Lord. Please rejoice with trembling. Please kiss the Son. Why? Lest He be angry. 
God, it never starts off, God's just going to wreck everybody. It's not his character. It's not the nature of who he is. The mark of a very strong fighter is not the fact that he can wipe out everybody in the town. The mark of the strength of that man is the character that he has to be able to nurture and train and care for and protect and teach others to protect and love. You're not a tough guy because you can wipe everybody out. You're a tough man and you're a man of character if you can hold people together and build them up. The only time you should ever be looking down on somebody is to extend a hand to help bring them back up. This is why the, 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 these preachers, I've heard them, you've heard them. You don't preach at people. You don't preach down to people. That doesn't mean you sissify a message. It just means there's a difference between hard preaching, convicting preaching, and, well, you're just calling people names. <laughs> you're just being rude. You're just being ignorant. That's not Christianity. And then it finishes with trust in Him. What a great way to end that book. So here's how it goes. I'll give you the quick uh, rundown of it. Because people can't govern themselves, here's what the conspiracy is. We've all been colonized and controlled by a satanic cult. In case you haven't figured that out already. This cult is called the Illuminati. The Illuminati started off as mostly Jews. These Jews recruited opportunity seeker Gentiles slash Freemasons. They all got ahead in the Illuminati by selling their soul. This is the history of this conspiracy theory. You know, kind of like we, we were kids, we got uh, Kiss was the big band, you know. And so we, we got all these albums, you know, and Kiss was supposed to be knights in Satan's service. And it's just a, it's a group of devils. But the big thing was, oh, they're devil worshipers. And you're, the whole thing was an act. <laughs> they made a lot of money. The music was nothing godly. I threw out all my records and cracked them and burned them. But the, 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 <laughs> the knights in Satan's service, Kiss apparently sold their soul to the devil. And then so there's the, you know, and it sold a lot of, a lot of tickets and a lot of music, and that's what Hollywood does. But this is how the Illuminati got ahead. They sold their souls. Now, here's the Illuminati leadership. They were chosen from criminals, Satanists, and known pedophiles. Why? This way, the leadership could be controlled by blackmail. be easy to blackmail those folks. The Illuminati's goal was to enslave humanity mentally, sometimes physically, by forcing humanity to serve them. Now this theory or this history or these facts or whatever you want to call it, this is why they feel compelled to come into churches and to be able to warn the people. Because we're being enslaved by the Illuminati. Here's how. We're forced to serve them. They achieved power by devising a banking system that would control the money supply of the country. Federal Reserve, and the income tax. I hate paying taxes. I really do. And so do you. 
But all of these guys that are against the government all go to Denny's and pay with Federal Reserve notes. <laughs> what? what are you against? <laughs> you're not trading in gold and you're not trading cattle. You're using Federal Reserve notes. Now, the Federal Reserve, they can print money out of thin air. They can loan money. They can make interest on the loans. They can practice fractional banking, which means if a bank has $5 million, that bank can then lend 10 million or 15 million or 20 million. And then so that's called fractional banking. You don't really have the money if you just pretend it's there. The Federal Reserve can also shut off the supply of money at any time. So what happens? They create interest-bearing debt. And this is how people are controlled socially. Their resources are controlled. All social institutions and corporations are controlled. And it's how we lose our freedom of speech. That's it. Sounds like you got the whole answer. Isn't it? Now, when we go out on Sunday, you know what we got to do? We have to warn people about this. The only problem is I can't find it anywhere in the Bible. <laughs> but doesn't it sound good? Let's say for the sake of argument, it's all true. I don't believe it is. Maybe 10% of it is. Maybe 20% of it is. I don't know. But let's say for the sake of argument, it's all true. Where do we have a clear command in Scripture for the church to go out and preach this? We don't. So God's using, Satan's is controlling American government and so we have to warn the people and Satan isn't using communist China. <laughs> They're not using radical Islam. Come on. It's a far, far stretch. Luke 16, Luke 22, Matthew 6. These are the fun messages. Luke 16. Unless you're part of the Bilderberger group, then I guess you don't want to hear it. Luke 16, verse number 15, And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves, this is Luke 16, verse number 15, before men. But God knoweth your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. And we can make, uh, that's a pretty powerful verse. We got to be careful about trying to justify ourselves before men. We really do. It's easy to get sidetracked on things we feel very strongly convicted about that aren't in the Bible. And then verse 16, The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presseth into it. We preach the kingdom of God. That's within. People need, need the, 
the Lord. Luke 22. Luke 22, verse number. 22. Verse number 36. Then said he unto them, But now, he that hath a purse, let him take it, and likewise script. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. For I say unto you that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors for the things concerning me have an end. Jesus, he's telling them things are going to change, fellas. You got me. But I'm not going to be around at least in a body of flesh. You don't have a sword? Now's the time to get one. <laughs> There's a shift. There's a change. You need to protect yourself. You're going to need money. These are natural things that we're going to need. Whether it's a Federal Reserve note, a piece of gold, whatever it is, is it a sword? Is it a gun? There's a transition. There's a change. Jesus is trying to help them understand. I'm not going to be around. So it's okay to use money. It's okay to have a, a sword. Now, Matthew 6. Matthew 6, verse number 33. I really wanted to say this with all that. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. For all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. This is where we need to point people to. If there's a news item going on, most of my news I get from my friends who will send me something. Look at this. But I don't keep up on everything. I, I don't keep up on everything that's going on in the government. I, I don't have time. I want to stay as much as I can in the loop. But I want people to seek the kingdom of God first. That's our job as a local church. It's a spiritual awakening we want people to have. So, Fine, we want to talk shop about politics, fine, it's not a problem. It's just that we got to be careful about getting so derailed that we get everybody to vote for the conservative, yet nobody tells anybody about Jesus. <laughs> it makes sense. we got to make sure we're, 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 we're on the right page. Uh, let's go back to Daniel. I want to get through all this because it's important to me that you know, you know these things and that we are on the same page. Daniel chapter 4, verse number 33. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, 
And I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored Him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and His kingdom is from generation to generation. No man is going to prevent God. No government is going to prevent God. Doesn't matter the opposition. Daniel 4.17 It says, This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and watch this, and giveth it to whomsoever He will, and setteth up over it the basest of men. <laughs> you, you think some guy with a 32nd degree mason ring bothers God? <laughs> now he might bother us because the lodge has got more members. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not touching God, man. <laughs> it doesn't matter a hill of beans to God. Simple principle right out of Daniel 4 sets the whole matter straight. People that have political power are not a threat to God. Evil men are not a threat to God. People need to get their perspective of who God is. Let's go back to verse 35. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, Why doest thou? No need to ask God, Why doest thou? He's God. It's a silly question to ask the Creator. All right, one more out of Daniel. Daniel 2. Daniel 2, 21. And he changeth the times and the seasons. Well, I thought that happened uh, when Al Gore created the internet. And then my phone changes automatically and the internet. No, that would have been God. <laughs> he did it before Al Gore created the so-called internet, the web. Um, he removeth kings <laughs> and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. God is supreme. He will accomplish His will and He will do His own pleasure. Get over yourself and know who God is. No reason for us to fret this. You know what's cool? We get to be used by that God for His own pleasure. That's cool. We're being used by Him to do his work so that His will is accomplished because He's the everlasting mighty God. We don't have an agenda. We're getting in line with God's agenda in His book and we're going to rest on that. 
and the stuff that goes on, hey, let's be up to date on it. Send me a news blurb. I, I, I want to know, but I'm not going to get derailed and make that the gospel. Okay? What's our purpose? Romans 8, 2 Timothy 1. Uh, Romans 8, and then 2 Timothy. Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called, I'm sorry, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to go to heaven or to hell. Except that's not what it says either. He also did predestinate to be we're predestinated not to go somewhere. We're predestinated to be something. What are we to be? Conformed to the image of His Son. That He might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's what we are predestinated to be. Conformed. And look at verse 28 again. What's our purpose? If we love God, then we're called according to His purpose to be conformed to the image of His Son. We should be daily, daily trying to submit ourselves to our purpose. And then the last one, what's our purpose? At least for tonight. 2 Timothy 1. 2 Timothy chapter number 1. Back up to verse 8. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me His prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the Gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us, and called us with an holy calling. What's our purpose? To live holy. It's so easy to get defiled and dirty because this world is so defiled and dirty. It's just easy. It's so abundant that sometimes I just can't wait to get to church and be around God's people so I can be around my church family. So I can feel clean because you go out and all you see is smut and dirt and junk. And we host these tournaments. We can't control what people wear. We can't control... We can control what people do on the mat. The referee's job is to control that mat. Make sure those rules are abided by. We're not the clothing police. We're not the language police. I'm talking to a guy Saturday. Every sentence is a cuss word. I'm not there to fix this guy's language. Now, if kids are around, I'll, I will say as a, as a, as a, gentle man should do. Please, sir, watch your language. 
women and children around. And most of them get it, but does that happen to you? And you're just like, we are called to live a holy life. So what they make fun of you? So what? Look, I've been made fun of my whole life. I don't care anymore. I don't care. We're called to live a holy life. And not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. See, people get in Christ and they usually look at it as well, we won't get into all this now because for the sake of time, but you know you have everlasting life and you have eternal life. Well, which one do I have? We have both. Everlasting life has a beginning and doesn't end, but eternal life, it doesn't have a beginning and it has no end. So when we're in Christ, people look forward to eternity and they look forward because it's everlasting, but they forget that eternity goes backwards. <laughs> So when you're in Christ, you got to remember all the stuff back there. In Christ, you were predestinated what? To be conformed to His image. That's good, man. That's good. That's our purpose. You don't have to turn here for the sake of time, but government cannot save us and cannot damn us. Matthew 1, 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. First Timothy 1.15, this faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners whom I am chief. Not one time do we see Jesus or any of the apostles trying to rally a bunch of people to rebel against the pagan government. The Roman government has always had unjust laws. We never see believers in the Bible being told to protest this. Instead, first century Christians were told, make known the gospel. Live your life in such a way that people see a difference. And now they're ready to hear your testimony as you give a clear evidence of the power of the transforming power of the gospel of Christ. You can impress people by giving them all this Illuminati, Freemason, Bilderberger, undercover stuff. Bush Sr. was involved in it and, 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 and Bush Jr. was a puppet of the... You can impress a lot of people with all that stuff. It just seems to me as a Christian, if we're making that the gospel, we just so devalued the power of the transforming Word of God because we say that this isn't enough. It's got to be 1 Corinthians 15, death, burial, and resurrection. And, by the way, i got to make sure you know this too. It's not right. It's not biblical. Romans 13 we are responsible to be responsible. We are responsible 
to be law-abiding citizens. Romans chapter 13, very review for you, you but um, it's good. It's a review for me too, and it's good. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Now, the Bible talks about saved. It doesn't always mean spiritual salvation. Sometimes it's a physical salvation. In this verse here, it's talking about damnation. We're not going to get into all running these verses, but this is an eternal damnation. It's physical here on earth. You're going to have some, you're going to have some problems. You're really going to, you're going to run yourself into, into a wall. So God says, if, if you don't like your boss, too bad. <laughs> you don't like the king, well, too bad. God's will for the government is to rule over us, to keep the peace, and to... Uh, well, in the Greek, it's steal our money. <laughs> Collect taxes, all right? That's what the will of God is for the government. Our responsibility is to exercise our right to vote and let our voices be heard. That's our responsibility as Christians living under a government that allows us to have a voice. Some people don't have that. Who do you vote for? I try to vote for the candidate that best aligns with biblical principles. I'm not voting for someone to babysit my kids. I'm not voting for a pastor. I'm not voting for a deacon, an elder, a bishop. I'm voting for a president of the United States. So we have to keep that in mind. And I try to vote for the person who most aligns with biblical principles. Sometimes it's the lesser of two evils, but... That's my take on it. But where's our hope? Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. The hope for our nation is not to vote is not to try to garnish the vote of the moral majority. That's not the hope for our nation. It's not the Republicans' job to teach us Bible truth. It's the church's job to teach people Bible truth. It's not the pastor's obligation to give up his pulpit during election campaign time to bring in the most conservative candidate. It's the preacher's job to preach God's word from the pulpit so that candidate can sit and learn and hear God's word so he can exercise himself as the best Christian candidate he can. But the world's got this thing flipped. Our job is to uphold the pillar and ground of truth, which is the church. We don't change the spiritual condition of our nation through politics. The spiritual condition of our nation is changed as people's hearts are changed by the Word of God. Then we have a much better politician. Then we have a much better spouse. Then we have a much, much better boss. Make sense? Luke 2, last verse. Luke 2, please. First century Christians and other Christians throughout time have lived through repressive and pagan governments. 
And their faith not only sustained them, but strengthened them. Even under extreme high levels of stress and extreme high levels of persecution. Why? Because they understood that they were the light of the world. Because they had Jesus Christ. And the government wasn't. Their hope rested in the protection that God supplies. Not in the protection of what a government may or may not supply. Salvation for all mankind has been manifested in Christ Jesus long before the United States government was founded. And whether or not the Illuminati and the Bilderberger group took it over, who knows. But my hope is resting in Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 2. Here's why we don't preach against the government. We were preaching on Luke 2. I hope you've been enjoying the birth of Christ messages. And if you missed any of them, they'll, they'll be online. But I skipped down to verse... Uh, we started at 8 tonight, but I wanted to come back and finish this message with the first half of it. Here's why we don't preach against the government. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. That's a bad man. He's putting taxes on people. And all went to be taxed. Everyone into his own city. This is a mean man. Everybody's got to pay taxes. I hate paying taxes, by the way. I'm not for it. I want my taxes to be lower. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in a swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You had a bunch of bandits preaching against government. It never would have happened. They never would have stopped God's plan. But they would have been directly going against what God wanted to happen. That's good, man. God's got this thing figured out. Backwards, forwards, reverse, upside down, the whole bit. My hope's rested in God's Word. I don't like what's going on in the government, either do you. We have a voice, we can vote. Should we be involved? Yes. Should we turn it into a doctrine of the church? No, because it's not. Be educated. Learn. Stay up to date. Know who the Christian candidate is. Do all of those things. The candidate's going to be a devil. Let's expose it. All, all that. But we just need to be careful. We don't cross a line into, well, now you guys, we don't need to make it into a doctrine. I hope it was an edifying message. All right, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for Luke chapter 2 especially. We pray that we can keep our hearts focused on You, our minds focused on You, and our doctrine focused on you help us not to just know things lord but help us to have a shepherd's heart as well for people as we seek to serve them so that they could be in a walk closer with you christ's name amen thanks a bunch for listening for more information about pilgrim baptist church 
be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church, where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.